0: Here's a theme song You know it's not a mean song It's a good song Just as it should song American bruise and
1: Tunes shibbity beam Alright,
0: this is for real. Hello! Welcome to the very first edition of Brews and Tunes, a podcast where we talk about two of our favorite things, brews, as in beer, and tunes, as in music. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. So, for this wonderful new podcast, we are going to have a regular weekly program in which we drink beer and listen to music. But we put a little bit of a spin on it. Exactly. Yeah, so... Every week, I'm going to recommend a new punk rock album for Jesse to listen to. And
1: I will recommend a new, slightly more indie rock or folk rock album
0: uh, for Steve to listen to. And so, we'll listen to each album individually by ourselves, and then we'll come together and talk about them. And while we talk about the music, what will we do? Drink beer, of course. Yes, and so we're going to try a new beer each week, and we'll talk about it and say what we think about it. So, we'll see how it goes. This
1: week we are uh, we're having the same brew uh, for the first week. It is a Blue Moon limited release cappuccino oatmeal stout. So uh, first of all, from Blue Moon, I don't really know what to expect with a stout because
0: Blue Moon is known yeah. for their belgian white ale or wheat ale. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't know what to expect in this. Uh, yeah, Blue Moon. So that's kind of weird. It, it says uh, stout brew with oats cocoa with decaffeinated coffee. Ah, oh, no caffeine. No caffeine. That's alright. All right. That's alright. But. Not a problem. Hey, why don't we crack the crack, crap, crack these open. <laughs> yes, let's crack them open.
1: what they smell like real quick.
0: Well, it smells like kind of a uh, standard stout, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, Well, let's crank down the hatch. And we'll say our key phrase here. Yeah, we have a key phrase every time we try a new brew, and it it be <laughs> Really cocoa-y up front, and then it kind of all flavor dies away really quickly. Huh. Not super yeah, full-bodied. At, well, at first, it kind of tastes like a nice full-bodied stout, well, and then it goes away really quick.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like one of those, uh, just like one of those beers where you're like, the potential's there, but it just doesn't follow through. This beer
0: has paved the path to hell with good intentions. Is that the phrase? <laughs> I think I, uh, there is I a have, phrase. I have no idea what you're talking about. I, so there's a phrase that's like, when, when someone says, "I had really good intentions," and then the person's like, "Well, the path to hell is paved with good intentions." Still don't know. Uh, who knows? Uh, well, <laughs> it's a beer that could be really good. True. Um, yeah, true. I mean, you like, know, it, I might change my opinion the more we have it. So we'll not, see. It's not bad. It's
1: just not. It's just not better than the KBS or
0: the the Bourbon County brand stout. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so good. Yeah. Just not I mean, it's it, it's a pretty good stout, but it's just not that great. It's it's not bad though. It's not it, bad. It's maybe
1: it'll get better.
0: Uh, it has we'll surpassed see. my expectations for a stout from Blue Moon. From Blue Moon,
1: yes. True. And so, uh,
0: as we continue to drink this beverage, we'll comment upon our ever so changing opinions <laughs> because it happens with beer.
1: Um, but, so for the first episode, we are simply going to be talking about one of our favorite artists as of this moment. Yes.
0: And actually, it's kind of a funny story. We did record an initial first album before this in which I listened to uh, Vampire Weekend. The album was. Vampire Weekend? It was self titled. It was self titled. And Jesse listened to. What did I listen to? What did you listen to? It wasn't I Am the Avalanche because that's next. No. Jesse listened to a punk rock album that I can't remember. And. We were about 45 to 50 minutes in when all of a sudden it stopped recording. So instead of re-recording that one, we're just going to have a special fill-in episode where we just talk about our favorite artist at the moment, who is... Fill-in fill episode. Fill-in episode.
1: In, as in yeah. first episode. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but anyway, we're going to talk about our
1: favorite artist, and his name is none other than Frank Turner. Frank Turner. Um, well, and number, since- number one, he is the man. He is the man. He's, he's awesome. He's so good.
0: Um, Number two, he kind of combines both of the genres that this show is about, punk rock and and kind of like indie folk. He blends those two together. So he's punk folk, if you will. Or folk Folk punk. punk. Nice. (laughs) Uh,
1: But anyway, uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about his most recent album, uh, Positive Songs for Negative People. Um, What
0: a great album.
1: And uh, there will be a link below... To the various YouTube videos of this album slash, if you want to get it on
0: on iTunes or yeah, but we'll um, provide you with ways to listen to it because we're not going to play it on here because we don't want to get sued.
1: Yes, it could be a very easy uh, copyright infringement or whatever it would be licensing issues. We do not have a blanket license. We for this have show. a zero
0: license disclaimer, <laughs> but I do have a blanket in my closet. <laughs> All right. Very true But before we start talking about this uh, The album Positive Songs for Negative People Let's give a little background information of Frank Turner Yes, yes, let's Alright So the very, oh, the so very who, first well, time First of all, who is he? Who is he? He is a British uh, musician Yes, British Yes, very British he, Quite If you saw him on the street, he'd say Hello, mates I think, I think whenever we met him, he was like uh, How's it going, guys? How's it going, guys? <laughs> yeah yeah, he's he's very British, uh, but he initially started out in a hardcore punk band called Million Dead. It's kind of like a, a super political, um, very educated, really intense hardcore oh, yeah, punk that, band.
1: That's like one of the things he said. He was like, "We were trying to be super, like, uh, vocabulary driven with our lyrics, and it was yeah, it was it was
0: it was different. They tried to be intelligent. I mean, they didn't. I suppose they were, uh, but that was their goal: was to kind of be." a learned, political, furious band.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And they had, I want to say, two albums, and then they disbanded. And so Frank Turner's kind of like stranded by himself, and he's like, what should I do, mate? (laughs) And uh, and so he decided to start writing folk music. Yeah. I think in his book he said he heard Nebraska, the album by... um, Bruce Springsteen and that was kind of what persuaded him to start Mm -hmm. writing folk
1: music so first of all um he has a book uh called The Road Beneath My Feet in which he talks about his beginning years with Million Dead and then he also talks about kind of like starting on his own again and uh, going across Europe, Eastern Europe, Western Europe um in general just playing a solo act, acoustic guitar and that's it um and so that that's kind of where he started. After A Million Dead, was going was going towards uh, more folk music, more uh, story driven. Yeah, more story driven, more lyrically Emotional. driven. Yeah, but still having that kind of punk uh, mentality. Mm-hmm. And so he's been
0: around since I don't know what two thousand mid two thousands. Yeah, yeah. He I think he just celebrated his tenth or eleventh year. Uh, the very first time I ever heard Frank Turner was in the great state of Tennessee, <laughs> right here oh, in yeah. Nashville. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was okay. uh, normally when I'm in my car, I will either plug my iPod in via an auxiliary cable or I'll listen to a CD because I really do not like the radio. It's, same, yeah, same.
1: The radio kind of poopy. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, down down here, I mean, I've I've tried, but
0: but I was on my way to help a friend move. And for some odd reason, I didn't have my iPod and I didn't have any CDs in the car, so I listened to the radio, and I believe I was listening to a local station called Lightning One Hundred, and they have kind of the a, only they're like an the indie. only okay station. Yeah, man. they're they're pretty decent. And I'm helping drive it along, saying, oh, "I hate helping people move, but I always help because <laughs> I can't say no." <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If you ever have friends who need to move, help them out. Oh. But uh, So I was driving along, and I heard this awesome-sounding, folky, fast song, and uh, I didn't know what it was. Which one was it again? It, it was, was Recovery. Uh, it was
1: Recovery, yeah. And I, yeah. I had
0: no idea what it was. Super catchy. Uh, and at the very end, they said, and that was by Frank Turner. And uh, I was like, okay, Frank Turner, whatever. And I actually heard that song again while I was down here on the same station, but I was with somebody else, and they had the radio on. So I heard it twice here, mm-hmm. and then never paid it any more uh, mention of mine yeah and then and i i believe that i
1: uh i was in minnesota at the time which as long as we're talking about radio stations uh 81 3 wait uh the current the radio station 89 3 the current yes 89 3 the current it's a very good radio station um if you're listening to in minnesota listen to that radio station it's very good uh, they play very much up and coming music um, Not pop music You know, a lot of stuff that you haven't heard of um, But anyway uh, I believe that I was listening to them And they played Frank. They also probably, probably played that same song Recovery And after that I was like Oh man, that was pretty good And so I looked up Frank Turner later And on an impulse I bought that album I bought it Listened to it recovery the song recovery anyway so you didn't listen to
0: the you did not listen to the i whole did album.
1: not listen to the whole album and then just did not listen to it
0: after that fair enough but in college um well this is all during college when this happened i remember you had shown me that frank turner that you had bought the album i was like yep. Ooh, i really like him why don't you send that to me yeah and so i had you send me the yep. album And I did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I listened listened to Recovery. It It was a great song. And then I didn't listen to anything else. Yeah. And uh, it was after I had moved to Nashville permanently that I heard that he was coming out with a new album. And so I looked it up, and he had played an acoustic version of a song called The Opening Acts of Spring. He played it on a roof somewhere. I was like, oh, my goodness, that song's so catchy. Yeah. So immediately I got online and pre-ordered the new album, and I started listening to all of his old stuff. And that's when I fell in love with Frank Turner. His <laughs> <laughs> music. That was that was before I moved to Nashville, right? Yes, it was. Okay. And so the album Positive Songs for Negative People came out. And again, which, it was fantastic. Which has that song on it. Yeah. And I yeah. saw him live, and it was absolutely fantastic did you see him live before i came to nashville i did he played okay. uh, it was it was uh, me and a couple other friends saw him play at oh, what the heck's that venue called a place called third and lindsley downtown and he played with a band called two cow garage really yeah and uh, then. and then he played and it was just awesome and yeah i was like wow this is so cool
1: yeah yeah
0: and since then i think i've seen him like
1: five times okay awesome yeah yeah um since I've been to Nashville, um I moved here in early spring of uh 2016, which is this year, which is this year. Uh, we have just dated the podcast, but that's okay um but since since I've moved here though, I've probably seen him about I think three or four times mm-hmm. um, but before I moved here though, actually no I was thinking what it was when I moved here like I started listening to Frank Turner Moore. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, since then, it's just been insane. Like It's been a whirlwind. A whirlwind of excitement. A whirlwind of... <laughs> a whirlwind. A whirl- whirlwind of exuberance. I mean, it's... Exuberance. He is. a nice word. He is just one of, one of the best
0: current artists that I listen to right now. Yeah. And the reason I really like him uh, is, well... I suppose I should give a a brief little description of my musical preferences. So when I'm listening to music, the very first thing I listen to is the actual music itself, not the lyrics. So I either listen to something like fast and awesome that draws me in or something that has a a really great hook. Something that I can hum along to and and remember and sing. So that's the very first thing I listen to. And then I listen to lyrics. Mm -hmm. And if something's got a really, really catchy hook and it's super awesome, I can get past some kind of lame lyrics. Uh, but fortunately, Frank Turner's got yep. really, really great melodies. And this
1: is and this is where Steve and I are opposite because you listen because for words. I listen for words first and then music. Yeah. And the words of Frank Frank Turner's songs are what drew me in first. Mm-hmm. And so, to uh, I mean, kind of say a terrible idiom. It's the best of both worlds. (laughs) It is, you know, it's the best of both worlds. I mean, it's he's got um, amazingly catchy uh, music, melodies, and he also has just amazing words.
0: He's a phenomenal lyricist.
1: Yeah, phenomenal lyricist. Um, And so, on that note, I mean, what what we want to do for this opening show is talk about the album, "Positive Songs for Negative People."
0: We can talk about the music and the lyrics Yes, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah Music and lyrics, I think that's a movie Is it? It's music and lyrics, I think so But I digress You like talked about it for like two seconds Yeah, I, I, it, was, it was a very short digress <laughs> It was a very short digress We'll just call it a <laughs> Not digress Yeah, if you not, abbreviate gress, it's just for a very short digression
1: Not to gress, it was just Gress uh, Uno gress
0: Yeah, gress Digress, <laughs> just gress yeah, I Aggress a little I gress gress <laughs> Anyway, <sighs> uh, uh, bottom
1: line is Frank Turner is the man, and if you have not listened to him, uh, pause this, go listen to him. Like, right. go go listen to the whole album of positive songs for negative people right now. And heck, listen to his whole discography. <laughs> yeah, and then and, <laughs> and then, then, then come back and, and resume. Then this. Come back. Yeah, then come back. Yeah, and then you can be like. I know exactly what they're talking about, but anyway, um, we we digress.
0: All right, yeah, we we a That was I'd say that was a digress. Yes, that was a digress. Yeah, but we're talking about digressing. Speaking of digress, this beer is a digress. Yeah, it's uh, uh, has your opinion changed at all? No, yeah, it's me Just kind of average. It's, not, it's definitely not bad. It's, it's just... It is a... Yeah, it's, it's got a sweetness to it. It's got a creaminess because it is an oatmeal stout. It's very drinkable. I mean, it's... So, whenever they say cappuccino... That's the milk de- part. Oatmeal and milk definitely stout. definitely heavy on the cappuccino. Oh, yeah. Not on the coffee. I know a lot of people who haven't had any stouts uh, are kind of... Or fearful of like a big heavy beer that's going to be really filling and a little too intense. Very true. Because I mean, the very first out I ever had was Guinness and I was like, whoa, this, <laughs> this is very much not like Guinness at all. No, this is definitely different. No, it, it's it's much lighter, much smoother. It's very sweet.
1: It's very drinkable. I think the, I think Guinness was actually the first out I had as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was, at that point, it was very... What was that um, bar called? Uh, was it uh, the back
0: door? No, it was the, sort of the Z. Zookies? Yes, it was at Zookies. It was at Zookies? Yeah, we were at a bar called Zookies near Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Shout out to BF. Yeah, Beaver Falls. (laughs) Places. Zookies, yeah. That's good. Yeah, I
1: remember that place. Um, But we digress even more. Anyway, yes, exactly. (laughs) All right,
0: so let's move on to the actual album, Positive Songs for Negative People.
1: So what we're going to do during this talk about this album, we're going to go through each individual track. We're going to talk about the lyrics. Some,
0: Some will go in a little deeper than others. Yeah.
1: And, and we'll and, just talk about them. Are we going to give them a rating or are we just going to say this whole album is a five star?
0: We'll, we'll say this whole album's five star. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to rate them. Definitely. Very first song on this album is called The Angel Islington. And it's it starts it off pretty cool. It's just all acoustic. It's sound, and, and in fact, they even mm-hmm. have some... Uh, it sounds like he walks into the room... Picks up the guitar, sits down, and just plays it. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a pretty short track. I think it's only a minute minute and a half long. It's
1: very very short. Kind of the same way that um, the eulogy is. Yeah, how oh, it's very short, yeah. which is an opening track of one of his earlier albums, England Keep My Bones. Another fantastic album. Amazing album. And yeah. first of all, the song Eulogy is just amazing.
0: Yeah,
1: um, that's gonna be my
0: eulogy when the I funeral die. Funeral
1: material, yeah. right there.
0: All right, but it's I mean it's it's a pretty good song, The Angel Islington. It is. Well, I mean, and I well, think the only real line that I ever is the kind of come back to is because it's an album start, is the I resolve to start again.
1: Yeah. But the thing the thing that I also come back to is just the melody. Um by the waters of the Thames. Very simple
0: and very bum, bum, uh,
1: bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very it's very very simple,
0: yeah. Yeah, very scale scale like, like, you know, go, like going up in a scale. What's the <laughs> word, though? Yeah. Know.
1: Scale Uh Whatever descriptive word you use for... Scaly.
0: It. Scaly. It's very scaly. Not in a dragon way, in a music way. Yeah. Scaly. So that song's really good. I mean... Yeah, I, I don't really have too much to say about it. It's it's, it's very simple, very catchy, and it's just a, the opening to the album. You. Yeah. But the, let's let's go to the next song, because I think that's a, a highlight of the album.
1: Yeah, okay. So, so picture this. Um, if you did not pause and listen to the whole album... The next song is called "Get Better." Yes, and uh, the Angel of Islington ends on kind of a kind of a quiet note. He says uh, at the end of it, he says, "By the waters of the Thames, I resolve to start again," and it kind of ends on like a really quiet note. And then the next song, "Get Better," comes in.
0: Oh, I says, got me a shovel. Yeah,
1: the first lyric is, "I got me a shovel, and I'm digging a ditch." Yeah, and, and it's, uh, it's uh,
0: it starts out kind of like
1: a kind of like a punch in the face almost. Yeah, yeah, and and pardon 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 my French, but I, I have to sing the next part. And he says, "And I'm gonna fight for this false square." Feet of land like a mean old son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. And so the main does use like, some curses. He like. does. He does. If I guess if you're offended by curses, don't listen to it. But it's yeah. it's super amazing though. So it just it's just like comes from the very quiet Angel of Islington to just get better, and it's just a huge, huge beginning. And the first line is just is just great. He yeah. Says, it is. You know, I got me a shovel. I'm digging a ditch. And I'm gonna fight for this four square feet of land like a mean old son of a patootie,
0: but, uh, sob, sob. Yeah. yeah. As, and I like like, mean, oh, that's yeah. like it, like I mean, musically right. and melodically, it's it's intense and kind of like loud. And I mean, lyrically, and lyrically, it's it's
1: very different from the first song too. And yeah. you're just like, holy crap, like, whoa, where did this come from? Um. And then the next line is, uh, I've I've got me a future. I'm not stuck on the past. I've got no new tricks. Yeah. I'm up on bricks, but me, I'm a machine, yeah, and I was, was built, built to, last. to
0: last. And so the song's about being down on your luck, but there you can, yeah. you can always get better. Exactly. So they say it in the chorus. We can yeah, get better because we're not dead yet. Yeah,
1: exactly. The, yeah. Title,
0: the title is... Get better.
1: Um, the ti- the, I mean, the, Not the title, sorry. The chorus. The chorus, yeah. The chorus is, I'm trying to get better because I haven't been my best. She took a plain black marker started writing on my chest. She drew a line across the middle of my broken heart... And said, come on now, let's fix this mess. We can can get get better. better. Because we're not dead yet. I started singing in a British accent. (laughs) We can get better. We can get better. Because we're not dead yet, yeah. Fancy some tea and crumpets.
0: Let's get better.
1: But I mean, that's like the whole point of the song, though. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's such a positive song.
1: Is that last line is, we can get better because we're not dead yet. Yeah. And this song, personally for me... Is a very is one of my favorites to see live.
0: Yeah, and this is one of those ones. Even when I'm, like I'm driving by myself in my car, when the, like the chorus comes on, I'm like, oh yeah, and like, yeah. I, like sh- and shout then, along. I don't then, sing along, I shout along and to and this then song.
1: You kind of get goosebumps. Yeah, like whenever it gets to the chorus, and you're like, yeah, you are like a fist pump in the air, and oh, it's just so good. I mean, yeah, Get he's, Better he's is amazing. one
0: of the big highlights on the album for me.
1: Definitely, uh,
0: the I mean, next song is w- called "The Next Storm." To say highlight is kind of a well, the whole album, the whole the whole album's a highlight, but this yeah. is this one is a uh, definitely a standout track for sure. Yeah,
1: like if we were to recommend like three
0: songs from the album, we'll do that later. Okay, but we'll this is one of them. But we'll we'll sum it up later.
1: Where to shut me down? Sorry, not sorry.
0: You yep. Bop. <laughs> Whoa. Stout burp. Yeah, it was a stout burp. It actually didn't taste that pleasant. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan of burps that come from IPAs because they're super true, flavorful. True. This one, not so much. It's just all right. Th- it's just all right. Anyway, next song. Yeah, too much dressing. The next song is called The Next Storm. Great song. It is a great song. It's it's pretty poppy. I mean, it's, it's kind of piano-driven, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's less, uh, less rock and roll.
1: Yeah, less rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, this song, it's called "The Next Storm," and uh, essentially, it's about
0: weathering the next trouble that will come your way. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, like there's a storm that's coming your way. You know, it's going to hit. It's terrible. Like you, and 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 you fight through it. It's kind of the same type of message. as get better. It's like you're just going to fight through it and become a better person yeah, through the storm.
0: And there's that one line where he's like rejoice, rebuild, and the time is Yeah, that's yeah. like that's like the climax of the song. Yeah. It's just like And this is a dancey song. Like you know, you just put it on you're like, "Oh, got to dance. This is oh, so catchy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, that's the only way I can describe it. Um,
1: but anyway, the first the first uh the first uh verse is, "We had a difficult winter. We had a rough few months." And when the storm's come in off the coast, I felt like... Uh, they broke everything <laughs> honest at once. Um, it's easy to talk about blitz about spirit. Blitz spirit when you're not holding the roof up and you're knee deep in it. And the pictures and the papers got ruined in the rain. And we'd wondered if they'd ever get dry again. So I was talking about weathering storms, literally. Yeah. and So, like, a storm comes, like, they... they Drench all of your, well, he says, papers and pictures, you know. So like everything that you hold dear, like uh, your, I don't know, pictures of your family or whatever. Yeah. Well, so, so what they got? I think it's got, kind of
0: putting that in there to encompass any storm that will come your way.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they like, get drenched by the rain, and we wondered if they were they'd ever get dry again. So you know, like so it's uncertainty. Wondered, yeah, you wondered if they ever get whole again, if they'd mm-hmm. ever be the same as they once were. But you in the know, course,
0: he talks about not wanting to spe- spend the whole of his life inside. In fact, yeah, instead he wants yeah, to yeah. step out and face the sunshine.
1: Yeah, but I don't want to spend the whole of my life indoors. Almost. Laying low and waiting for the next storm.
0: Yeah, so you don't want to spend your life scared. You want to go outside and yeah. and take advantage of life. Enjoy the things instead of I being afraid of what's going to happen. Because- yeah, I don't
1: want to spend the whole of my life inside. I want to step out and face the sunshine.
0: If, even just like reading that lyric, you're like, oh, that's... Yeah, you're just like... It's like crap. That, so imagine those awesome good. lyrics over this awesome piano-driven dance tune. It's oh, yeah. so good, so good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's all we have to say about that song. Like, yeah, let's, let's move on to the next is good. one Yeah, the next one's called "The Opening Act of Spring," which Steve had mentioned earlier. Yes, and this song is—it's uh, got kind of like a a mandolin kind of takes it from the beginning, and it's got like mm. it's kind of like folky country feel to it. Um, yep. Yeah, it's well. How, what would you say about this song? It's it's definitely a melodically driven song because in the pre pre chorus or right going to the chorus, it's like oh, and it's just this super catchy line. And that's that was mm. the very first thing that kind of made me want to buy this album because I heard that I was like, oh my, that's super catchy, something I could sing along to, or something that gets stuck in your head.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's very it's very interesting. Uh, cuz this this song kind of takes a shift in uh, in the whole theme of the album because this this is more of the uh, negative part
0: it's got a, it's got as, a positive as, message yeah,
1: well in yeah the but but like the whole the whole point of the album is positive songs for negative people so people who are usually negative people who are, see the more negative side of life uh these are these are positive songs for them mm-hmm. to kind of attach to
0: and so the very first like the first part of, like each line he's talking about like i've fallen down i'm so much worse than i have ever been so he's talking about yeah. being in a bad place but then the opening act of spring is about like the hope, you know? Like there's yeah. there's something that's coming, something that And
1: yeah, and, and I mean kinda like the, the I don't know if this is the pre chorus or the just a second part of the verse and he says, And oh, please forgive me for the things that I must do. That's the chorus. Yeah, that's the chorus, okay. But oh, though I have hurt so many people, it was never my intention to hurt you. Exactly. And so it's kinda like he's like he's like talking
0: about you know causing someone pain yeah just causing someone pain is... but in the very end of the song it's it's yeah in the very end of the song exactly it turns around yes he turns around he's yeah. the same melody of the chorus and he talks about like that line of shading you from the sun so kind of protecting you yeah exactly yeah, 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 yeah. so he takes something bad over the exact same melody of the chorus and then turns it into something good and hopeful and positive yeah, only frank turner can do that no, no i'm just kidding Never.
1: yeah and he says uh and he says uh, and I will find a way that leads from cruel April into May. And someday soon it will be June and you'll decide to say. And then he says, and then I, in the other part, he says, Oh, I will carry your umbrella in the summer
0: and I'll shade you from the sun. Yeah. And that's yeah. over the same melody that he sings those yeah. kind of sad lyrics earlier in the
1: song.
0: Yeah. And yeah,
1: so I mean, like this, just, this just continues carrying through this idea of. Just being positive within the negative, being positive whenever you feel most negative. You know? Exactly, which is kind of the point of the album. I mean,
0: what about the next song?
1: The next song, "Glorious You." It's called "Glorious You." This is also a song I heard in the Current. They were like, um, I was at my friend Zach's house, and he was like, and we were. I was in the garage, and we were listening to the Current. And they were like, and now a uh, single from Frank Turner called Glorious You. Oh no, a single from Frank Turner. And I you know what I thought. Whenever I heard this, I was like, oh, Frank Turner. I heard Recovery by this guy. I wonder what this is. <laughs> and then you're like, oh. And I was like,
0: oh, this is pretty good. And this one's more electric guitar driven. Mm hmm. In fact, I remember seeing him live and he played an electric guitar on this, which is unusual because he always does an acoustic guitar. So. Let me let me think about. Well, hey, first say what you have to think about this song real quick before I move on to the next song. Yeah. Because I know um, you like you like this song more than I do. I I do like the song a lot message-wise, but musically it's not my favorite if that makes any sense.
1: Right. Um as in it's just
0: not exactly It's not my favorite like melody uh the the chords and everything aren't my favorite on the album, uh but subject-wise I like about what it's about. Um yeah, I mean, like... It's about lifting up the weight of the world together. Yeah, I
1: mean, this this song starts out talking about... Um, I mean, the first line is, I can see you hurting beneath your new red dress. Beneath your new tattoos and your sharp new shoes, you are directionless. And so it's... Directionless. So it was. it's like talking about a person who is kind of... Like, almost in a way, like, searching for something. Or... Like they just don't know what they're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. But on and, the chorus, from, on the chorus, he brings it
1: back and says, "He brings it back and come on and now, says, let's yeah, come on now, let's all if we all together, if we all
0: pull together, we can lift we up can, the weight of the world from your shoulders." Yeah. And it says, "You were, you are always glorious. You were glorious." Yeah.
1: So well, let me find it. Um, so come on now, if we all pull together, we can lift up the weight of the world from your shoulders. Lift up the weight of your world from your shoulders, just for a moment or two, and be glor- glorious. And he says, you. "and be glorious you, glorious, you, glorious you, glorious you." With you, yeah. So like yeah, so he's, he's like talking about being glorious. Essentially saying like, listen, like we can get through this bad stuff to bring you back up. Mm-hmm. into like what you should be you know like what like bring you back up into the positive person that we know like you can be you know and it's
0: definitely and, not a punk rock song i mean it kind of kicks a little bit but that whole message but, of unity and helping people out is yeah uh, but it, yeah a, but a kind it's, of a punk
1: rock theme it's more of a it's more of a folky song though but it is i Igress though
0: yeah he gresses, and i'm gonna move on to the next song which is one of my favorites on the album called Mittens, and it's, it's as far as tempo-wise, like musically speaking, uh, they take it back a little bit. It's more of a slower tempo song, uh, and it's got this line at the beginning that's played on the piano and then is eventually doubled by the guitar, and it's the exact same melody that he ends up coming back into the chorus. And so, by repeating this melody over and over again, it's something that gets stuck in your head, something that you can sing along to. So that was the very first thing that brought me in. Uh, but unusually, or as unusual as it is, I did pay attention to the lyrics of this song the first time I heard it. Uh, at least to the chorus, because it's kind of a really sad song about unrequited love. Uh, it, like the, In the chorus, he's like, I once wrote you love songs, but you never fell in love. We used to fit like mittens, but never like gloves. And when you think about that, because gloves fit each finger perfectly, whereas mittens are kind of awkward and don't really work together 100%. Even though mittens may keep you warmer, that's not what the song's about. It's We didn't fit together in the way that we were supposed to. And it's pretty, I don't know, I'm sure this this came from his, uh, his own personal experience because he's got real specific lines about wandering through New York and ending up buying postcards in the city street to send back like he says mm-hmm. I once wrote you postcards yeah. but you never wrote back yeah. it's it's just a really emotional song and it, it gives me the, for lack of a better term and to be a little cliche it gives me the feels
1: <laughs> yeah and I mean the, the melody in that part is so good too yeah and that's what um, I had already um, touched um, on
0: um, pretty good yeah. because that melody is yeah, it comes, uh, comes in periodically was, and keeps coming back yeah I was just reiterating yeah I know uh do you have anything else because I mean I, I mintans, feel like I touched mintans. upon that song pretty good um, uh, the music video is pretty hilarious It's he's dressed up like Elvis on a stage I don't yeah. know. If, have you seen the music video for that no oh, I'll show you later it's hilarious okay and if we can find it we'll post it below here but if not go look it up it's kind of funny yeah. it's a shot about him on stage being Elvis and then trying to impress a girl yeah. it doesn't work out
1: and I mean it's, yeah, it's just kind of a sad song it's
0: a sad song which but it's good though you know yeah Anyway. I guess it doesn't really have a positive message in the end. It's just kind of sad. That's one of the
1: negative songs, though. See, that's why the title is so good. Yeah. Positive songs for negative people. Anyway. Um, so,
0: with that being a slow tempo song, obviously, the very next song has to be a fast one. And this is, without a doubt, the fastest song oh, on the whole album. This song is one of my favorites for it's, him to play live. It's called Out of Breath, and it's, it's a straight punk song. It's super fast. And it actually, it's it almost got like a honky-tonk feel to it. Honky Tonk? Really? There's a, there's a piano part going in it, too. Like I don't know about Honky Tonk, <laughs> if though. You, I would. If you mix punk rock and Honky Tonk, that's what I would say. And it's just this really, really fast song. Yeah. Um, oh, it's got a super catchy melody.
1: Somewhere down the road, well, there's a ditch, well, there's a hole. That marks the spot you will lie when you are cold. Yeah. I it's just a
0: really—I b- b- don't think it's a very deep song by any means, compared to the rest of the songs on the album. It's yeah. not that deep. I think they just wanted to have a, a fast tempo song to put right smack dab in the middle of the album. Be out of breath. Yeah, yeah. but I don't, I don't really have more to say about yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, like if
1: if any of you get a chance to see Frank Turner live, hopefully he plays this song. Yeah, it, it's
0: a fun one to bounce around to. It's intense. Yeah, it's so good. But the next song might actually be the catchiest song on the album for me, but it, it lyrically, I wouldn't agree with it 100%. Right, yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it falls mean, into a, a punk rock kind of mentality where it's, uh, I don't know, kind of enjoy your life while you have it and do the most of w- w- what you can, which is a good thing. Um, but where I disagree with it... Is I don't know. What, what, do you agree with everything that's said in the song, or how, how um, do you kind of feel? Not
1: everything, but I mean, I, I I kind of understand it though. Like it's not. Um, let me see. I definitely don't a hundred percent disagree with it, but I also don't a hundred percent agree no, with it. You know what I mean?
0: I agree with the fact of kind of making the most of your life and and kind of taking advantage of every situation. And honestly, I think I mean the title is "Demons," mm-hmm.
1: um, and I I don't know if you think of the title as just as kind of a non-word, and just just listen to the lyrics. You know, it's it's a little bit different, but the so lyrics are: if life gives you demons, make a deal. Meet them at the crossroads, cross your fingers, and then sign and seal. Yeah, but he's he's got other
0: lines that are kinda like, We're all going to hell, so let's yeah. party. Yeah, I mean that and I mean Frank That's, Turner Yeah, he, Frank Turner's definitely not a religious guy. Which I don't know, being a fan of punk rock music, I don't know if I know any punk rock bands that are really that religious. Right. In fact I've listened to many bands that are are avidly anti religious. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's whatever, I, 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 which I is get...
1: which is fine. Like th- there's no reason why like yeah, you know, I'm, this I'm... album can't also be very joyful no. and awesome.
0: But I, I think he, he's saying something that he truly believes in. So I can, I honestly respect that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's a maybe like a three part harmony in the end, and it's just so good. Yeah. Again, like, and it, 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 they eventually close the song by taking away all the music and having the harmonies going. in. oh, it just it touches my my heart in such a way that that most music can't. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got a soft spot for really good harmonies, and this one is a really, really good harmony. Yeah. I know, that's all i got to say about that one. Yeah. Super it's, catchy song. Really, really catchy. It's also super, just super good, man. The next song is called Josephine. Uh, Josephine. And Josephine is a reference to, I. Don't, I have no idea what her last name is, but the Josephine in which Napoleon Bonaparte was in love with and he wrote her letters often, and they were uh, very, I don't know if any of you are history buffs at all, but he wrote some very emotionally drenched letters to this Josephine. Whereas in the same letter, he can talk about like being so in love that he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's going crazy over love, and then he'll, at the very next paragraph, curse her out and say he wants to kill her. It's It's kind of an odd... Odd letter, he, odd, a series of odd, letters. This is a very odd dynamic. Yeah, if, if you ever get a chance, kind of look up some summaries of the letters that Napoleon Bonaparte wrote to this lady. Uh, but he also references other historical figures in this song, such as um, Beethoven and his immortal beloved, mm-hmm. which is kind of another yeah. really cool historical. Yeah, story. definitely. Like it's it's that that story is very interesting. Yeah, and if if you haven't heard about um, Beethoven. Uh, He had a couple. If you have heard about uh, his his story, not about him. (laughs) He had a couple uh, big loves in his life. uh, Some ladies. Uh, but um, nothing permanent. Uh, he was kind of a hard guy to get along with.
1: For those of you who don't know, Beethoven was a composer. In the Aww, people uh, know that dun 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 dun. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if if you da, don't know, da, da,
0: da, yeah, da, da, da. that's that's basically. If you don't know, one of the most well revered, most, most well known composers of all time. Yeah, his most famous
1: symphonies are his fit is. Fifth, fifth and his ninth.
0: And his ninth. Yeah. Uh, his and ni- his fair, ninth. Fair Elise, that do, 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 do. Yeah. That's Beethoven. So his his ninth
1: being Ode to Joy. Yeah. The. Yes. And his fifth being. Yeah.
0: So he's a super famous composer. Yeah. Uh, but he had some. Uh, there were some women in his life that he was in love with. Uh, he never got married, never had lasting relationships but after he passed away they found his will and he left everything to his immortal beloved and that was the mystery who is his immortal beloved who is exactly. the love of his life that no, that nobody could talk about and there are some uh, letters or some di- i think some diary entries that he had where he talked about his immortal beloved and it was kind of vague but it's that wondering who is this mysterious immortal beloved yeah And so he just kind of references them throughout the song. Mm -hmm. Um, But that—that's also
1: just a great song too, though. I mean, like I kind of say that about most of
0: the songs, but that's because they're all very catchy and very good. (laughs) But do you know what song is catchier than Josephine? Love Forty Down. Yeah, the very next song, Love (laughs) Forty Down. In love, forty down, you're kind of like, what the heck does that mean? But if you know anything about tennis, you're like, oh, I know exactly what that means. Uh, in the yep. game of tennis, uh, the scores uh, go up like each point is kind of a different interval. If you get one, the, the first score is fifteen, seconds thirty, uh, next one's forty. Yeah. Uh, so if you're playing an opponent and they have uh, scored more than you, and they're literally on their last point about to win, they call it love forty down. Love being you. And then yep. being forty, yeah, And love is down. So this is a song about losing, right losing at, in tennis. Oh, <laughs> well, essentially, yeah, yeah, but it's it's more than that because it's uh, kind of being in a bad spot where you're about to lose everything. Yeah, in whatever situation yeah. he's referencing, you're you're about to lose it all, and it's kind of like I don't know. He's 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 trying to say, "How do I get out of this? Someone help me out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he he does talk about. I mean, it's very drenched in. Tennis imagery, yeah. Because <laughs> he's yeah. talking about he's like, I need the crowd to pray for me, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm
1: love forty down.
0: I'm battered and I'm bruised and I can't afford to lose. I'm
1: battered and I'm
0: bruised. Yeah, it's a super I catchy song to too. Yeah, he's talking about being on the break point and yeah. Not oh, being and, then that, and then that ending part,
1: break point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's super so super good. catchy
0: song. And if you're just thinking. This song's about tennis. Then it's goofy, but when you're kind of knowing what he's referencing, in yeah, life... yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's you, like, when oh, you okay. think about
1: the whole entirety of the album, like the song "Get Better," mm-hmm. and just like that mentality of like, what can I do to improve myself? What can I do to to kind of get out of this slump that I'm in? You know, that's the, the song kind of encompasses it. You know, like I agree. Being, being able to come back from Love Forty Down, um. So yeah, that, that's it's another great song, another song I love to hear
0: live. And the very last line is I'm going to turn this one around. Yeah, so exactly. So that, and that's where that's, you what you're just talking about.
1: That's the point. Like yeah. that that's the best part to hear live too. Because he screams that. He's just like, I'm gonna turn this one around and he, and just, he really screams He it. just
0: screams it, you know. And if I tried to sing that, my voice would not work. Yeah, and okay. this is
1: this is just another reminder, FYI, public announcement, public service announcement, PSA. If Frank Turner is coming to wherever you live, go see him. Yes, because I mean like one of these songs like Get Better or Love Forty Down or just any song is
0: reason enough to see him live. Agreed. Yeah. But with that said, there are two songs left on the album. And they're kind of two of the saddest songs on the album. Yeah, definitely. The first one, "Silent Key," is uh, how would you class? It? It's like a historical fiction. Um,
1: no, not not fiction. Just historical uh, commentary. Oh, commentary, kind of but it's
0: speculative fiction. Spe- yeah, that's spe- what I was speculative say. fiction. He yes. takes a true Best story fiction. and then kind of adds some. I don't know some artistic freedom to it. And um, kinda speculates yeah, it's kind on of like what uh, infers what happens. Yeah. But the song after that is the saddest song in the whole album. But we'll, oh, yeah. before we get to that, we'll talk about the second to the last song, the penultimate song, Silent mm-hmm. Key. Um, and so this song talks before about... Before we start,
1: this beer has gotten worse since I started drinking it. Yeah, it's, as it warms up... As it is warmed up, it is not good. You know, for,
0: for those of you who aren't big beer drinkers or are, I don't know, occasional beer drinkers... Warm beer is a term that people usually will refer to for crappy beer. Because people are like, oh, it's warm. Because that's... I mean, most of the time people are drinking Budweiser's or...
1: Something something
0: cheap. And so when that gets warm, they're like, oh, crappy. Not good. But But, the truth is, once a beer uh, warms up, that's when you can actually taste it the best. Yeah. That's why people who are drinking their Silver Bullets, which is Coors Light, sorry. It has to be ice cold. If it's not ice cold it's not good it's not good and even when it's ice cold it's still not that good (laughs) but literally if you're drinking a a crappy beer the more it warms up the worse it tastes because you're actually tasting what the beer is yeah 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 and so when you have uh, a, it's not not preserved by the, the the degree of the beer exactly the temperature of the beer and so that's why when you have a more expensive, kind of refined, super flavorful beer, they kind of tell you to drink it not, yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. refrigerator temperature. You're supposed to let it's, it warm up more just like, a little bit. It's
1: more like, don't drink it at like 38 degrees, drink it at like 40 45, 45 degrees yeah. Fahrenheit. That's instead. when you actually taste what's going on. So yeah, and it tastes... And usually, at when, whenever you have a beer... Uh, the more it warms up
0: the better it tastes yeah if, if you have a beer that starts to taste worse as it warms up then it's not a good beer hands down yeah until so this blue and moon this blue moon is starting to taste pretty bad cappuccino oatmeal stout is just not cutting it
1: Mm-mm. it's not bad I mean it's, when it was really cold it wasn't bad <laughs> but
0: which is kind of an insult to the beer but mm-hmm. it's not that good so oh well would I have this one again? Right. I wouldn't pay for it that's my verdict
1: but I have four left from the six pack I bought so, <laughs> so we'll have them again
0: yeah. <laughs> but I will not go seek this beer again exactly yeah anyway. I can definitely say I've had worse stouts and so I've, I I kind of had really low expectations for this beer to be honest because yeah, Blue I'm Moon I, I love their this. their Belgian is not bad yeah. their Belgian. the mean, standard Blue uh, Moon is really kind of a, a tasty beer especially if you have the orange peel in it oh yeah the orange peel makes the beer yeah. But as our final verdict, I know my mom who every time she has a blue moon, if she doesn't have the God. orange, she will she will wait until she gets the orange to have the blue moon. Oh, Cheryl. Yeah. But as a final
1: verdict, that beer is not that good.
0: Yeah, not that good. We'll have better ones next week. True. Speaking of which, should we re- we'll we'll wait to recommend albums later for the next yeah. for next podcast. All right. Now back to Frank Turner. Silent Key. All right, so Frank Turner wrote this song 100 percent about the Challenger explosion in 1989. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm sorry, 1986.
1: And for right now, I'm gonna let Steve take this over because he. Oh yeah, he knows. He knows about this. I stuff. know this. Yeah,
0: I, I was not born yet, but uh, I. He has it, researched it though. I've so researched this one quite a bit since since we've heard this song. He has yeah. researched it. So so prior to this song, I I knew about the Challenger explosion. I knew that it had uh, exploded. Uh, upon takeoff but that was about all i knew and so when i heard this song um the very first thing he says on the 29th of, of january 1986
1: i mean on the 29th of 28th.
0: January 1986, 1986. Yeah. krista mcauliffe gazed in horror as the o-rings failed yeah. And so the first time I listened to it, I was like, what in the world? So
1: yeah, O-Rings. 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 As in so
0: I immediately looked and looked up the lyrics to this song. And um, the next thing I did is I went on YouTube and I looked up a documentary about the Challenger explosion. Yeah. And then I proceeded to watch about five or six <laughs> documentaries about the Challenger explosion. Yeah. So a little background information about the Challenger. It was the very first space exploration mission in which a non-astronaut went into space and it was a woman by the name of krista mcauliffe and she was a um a primary school teacher oh yeah I so forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. She, she won some type of contest yeah i remember uh, you telling me that where she would be the first person black lack of first, a better term like, civilian first civilian civilian yeah, yeah. to go into space and so she went through all of her training went into space and this, this was a big big deal everyone's like oh my goodness this is the future yeah. after oh this gosh. we're all going to be able to go into space like it's people so are going to pay to go into space it's going to set a new precedent for for travel and for e- exploration and so everybody is watching this happen live yeah. and um what was it two minutes and 45 seconds into the uh oh no 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 it was i don't know maybe 72 seconds into the launch really after they it was pretty soon they they were launched and people were watching it wow man the ship exploded and so everyone's watching this and now this is definitely going to be a overstatement but i know like a lot of people uh for like everyone knows where they were for september 11th right yeah, like yeah, if, yeah. if someone says, "I know exactly where I was when as, I saw sep- I mean, when as September long as you 11th happen." Like, yeah, you know,
1: 1992. I mean, or... this
0: isn't to the same degree of September 11th, but I bet you a lot of people can remember exactly where they were when oh, they were watching yeah, the Challenger yeah, explosion on TV, yeah. and they weren't watching news reports of it happening afterwards. It they were live. watching this live. It was live, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I know for a fact that schools were having kids watch this too because this was a historic event, and so everyone's watching this, and it, it's not a small explosion; it's a massive explosion.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can remember 9/11.
0: Oh yeah, like clear Same as day. I remember every detail of that in day in my in my fourth grade class. I mean, and so anyone who's watching that, the the Challenger explosion is going to have. Yeah, I mean that that would just be pretty crazy. vivid memories. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That would definitely be a type of event that the entire nation would watch. Oh yeah, it's it's major. It's historic. Hmm. But after the explosion happened, uh, they launched a bunch of investigations, and they were able to locate. Um, a lot in the wreckage uh, from the um, what's the, um, the capsule cockpit type capsule, yeah. Capsule, yeah. And they were able to locate. I want to say three of the astronauts had um, started their emergency uh, suit systems, Broadcast which can it was just things. like a they they had um, on their actual person had. Uh, started some type of safe safety protocol, which can only happen manually, which means at least three of them survived the initial explosion. And they would have fallen all the way down to the ocean and surpassed a maximum velocity that would have killed them on impact. Mm-hmm. And so they fell for two minutes and 45 seconds. And so Frank Turner, in his genius, kind of thought about... What were they doing in that two minutes and 45 seconds? Were they able to send out a broadcast? Were they able to try and radio somebody? Yeah. And that's what this song is about. Yeah. And so he kind of took it upon himself to kind of guess and make a fake story about it, which is kind of really interesting to think about. Yeah, which is the infertile part. uh... And so this song is about Krista McAuliffe taking a radio Mm -hmm. and calling out for help saying we're alive we're alive help us yeah and uh he kind of went into the story where the radio broadcast is being picked up by a a child on a ham radio Mm -hmm. and he's the only person to hear their call and it's kind of crazy just to to kind of come up with an idea like that and write a song about that again if
1: uh, in the comments below we'll have a link to Whatever, I mean, this album or the song, but, you know,
0: listen to this song though, mm-hmm. if you haven't already. And the word silent key itself uh, talks about yes, one talk about radio this, yeah. broadcaster that has signed off. Yeah. And so Krista McAuliffe is the silent key. Yeah. How's that for her? This song gives me goosebumps. I'll just say that. after Once you know what it's all about, yeah. it really will give you goosebumps. Mm-hmm. This song makes the, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Whew. All right, but I talked about that one a lot. Should we move on? I
1: guess. Um, No, let's keep going. Let's keep going on that song. Okay, Um, what would you
0: say? So, There's that part in the bridge where the girl sings. Do you remember that? Yeah. And she's supposed to be singing as Krista McAuliffe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This is... I want to say that I heard this somewhere. It might not be true. I I know that they tried to get some pop star to sing this chorus, and I want to say that they tried to get Taylor Uh Swift to do it. Oh, really? Yeah, but Frank Turner... I'm pretty sure that he said no. He doesn't want someone famous on his song. I think he wanted to get some someone yeah. else that he respected, and I believe it's a girl yeah, that who that, signed that to the same like record label that he's on. Yeah, and it was kind of cool. It, yeah, honestly, yeah, if I heard Taylor Swift on this, I'd be like, Meh.
1: But the this part where she sings, "The darkness up above," like it's just like the the person they found to write this. I mean, not to, to sing write, it. To sing it is is very good. Like it portrays that type of almost want or like desperation. Yeah, and that's in the, the, last, in that, that last call of desperation. Yeah, like if like if there's something else like in the darkness up above, and it's it's I don't know, very good song, um, very different than the oh, rest of the songs. Very
0: different. It's it's a very unique song musically.
1: Like as as far as if you're to classify these songs as A B or C. Most of the other songs would be A and B, and this song would be Z. Z? Yeah. Oh wow. Well, I don't know.
0: It's 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 very different. Would it be F
1: or, or or D? Yeah, be B- just... far away
0: from A and B. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> it's, it is very different. I'll say that. Yeah, it's very different, but it's it's also it it fits. It's very good. All
1: right. And on, but anyway,
0: on to the most depressing song of the album
1: yeah definitely the most so, depressing song
0: which is kind of unique to have a, an album called positive songs for negative people and then have the very last song be the saddest most depressing song on the entire album yeah but it's it's good though yeah like it's 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 very it's very sad yeah it's, it's a song called song for josh Yep. and it was written uh, about a guy named josh burdett who was a bouncer, I think he was the head of security at the 930 Club in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, he ended up committing suicide, uh, which is a, a tragedy in itself. Um, yes. I mean, suicide is just a horrible thing. F- for any f- odd reason, it's terrible. Uh, but he was somebody who was close to Frank Turner. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Frank must have played there quite a bit. Yeah. He, to get, to, get yeah. to know him at all. Oh, yeah. And to know him that well, I, he. Had to and, spend a lot and, of time with him. And uh, one side note: this song was recorded live, correct? Yes, it was recorded at the nine thirty. At Club. the nine thirty. Yep. So he wrote this song for Josh, the one who, who yep. uh, passed away. And it's basically just lamenting his life and the tragedy of taking your own life. And and um, he talks about Josh having some depression. And he's kind of saying, "Why didn't you call? My phone's always on." Yeah. He wanted to be there for him, but he couldn't at the time, and then ultimately it resulted in Josh taking his own life. Um, I mean,
1: just the, the one line that, that just absolutely kills me in this song is, um, why didn't you say something on the last time we met? Why didn't you say something? There's always hope left. You know, and that that's just, like, that, that line, and then one of the last lines as well, is just uh, absolutely just so heartbreaking. Uh, where is it? Goodness me, where is this?
0: Well, I have no idea what line you're talking about, but I know there's... Oh, yeah, okay, okay, no, I found it.
1: Um... I'll just read this whole this whole portion. Okay. Uh, so at half past so um, at half past nine each evening. I'll time think, out.
0: What? Half past nine each evening each, each evening, evening would mean nine thirty. So that's a reference to the nine thirty club. So every time yeah, yeah, true, every time true. That, true. that happens he's gonna think about that was actually the
1: first time that I thought of that. Wow.
0: No, uh, oh, you didn't think about that. No, either. no. Yeah, so he, he says this, I think a couple times he says about half past yeah. each nine each evening. Which references the club that Josh worked at. So at half past nine
1: each evening, I'll think of my friend. At half past nine, I'll remember, you are better than your end. For th- This is the part that I love. For I too have stood up on that ledge. But I know you'd have pulled me back from the edge. And I let you down in your darkness. I wasn't there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so like, whenever... Honestly, the first time I heard this song, I heard him like sing that, and I started like crying, like bawling. I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like this is so intense. This yeah, is it's, way too it's intense." It's mo-
0: It's a very you know, emotional song. And then the and actually that line kind of reminds me of a song on the new No Effects album, oh, Side really? Track. Yeah, really, uh, the Tony Sly song.
1: Oh, which yeah. Which Tony, Tony Sly, Sly is a
0: yeah. uh, uh, a pretty big name in the punk rock industry, and he passed away. Well, uh, we'll have another episode about him. But let me say that line anyways. Fat Mike okay. says. I wasn't there when, uh, for you, when you needed a friend, uh, but I was there to give your eulogy, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, just like,
1: I mean, just, just the a simple fact that he says. For I too have stood up on that ledge. So he's he's
0: experienced darkness. He's like
1: he's experienced the same type of thing, mm-hmm. the same type of sorrow, the same type of depression, the same type of whatever. But and he says, but I know you would have pulled me back like I know you would have been
0: there for me and I wish I could have been there for yeah,
1: you yeah I wish I could have been there for you like to pull you back from that to get you back to the happiness the positive side so- the positive side to this mm-hmm. whole uh, idea this whole life this whole purpose you know to like this album is I mean that kind of brings it back it's like this is these are positive songs is what he's trying to go for with this album
0: so maybe He's kinda closing this by saying Yeah he's anyone who's in Josh's shoes, let this album help you.
1: Yeah, like he's closing it by saying, like, yes, there are negative times. There are always gonna be negative times. There are always gonna be negative times. But you have to stay positive. Like there are way more good things to think about than bad, you know? And so yeah, like that's a very sad way to close the album. But it's very powerful. But it's so powerful, though. And I mean, even just whoa, sorry. But even just listening to that song, like just by itself, just like makes me tear up. And yeah, just like man, like he really cared for this guy, and like I, I
0: don't know. But it does put a close on an absolutely fantastic album. Yeah, I mean, just just back
1: to front, front to back, back to front. Whatever you want to Side
0: to, to say. side. Side to side. This album, this album is amazing. Back side to side. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um, is there anything else you want to say about this album?
0: Yeah, this album is so good that we have tattoos of it.
1: True. That's very, <laughs> that, that, that is very true.
0: Yeah, and here's the story about that. We were up in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. In Louisville. Yeah, well, as they... I would say Louisville because that's what I grew up saying, but apparently when you're there, the less you say, the better. So, if you talk to anyone from Kentucky, they'll call it Louisville. Louisville. Oh, why well, don't y'all come down to Louisville, Kentucky? <laughs> oh, hey, we're in Love, Walker, Louisville, Kentucky. But I like to make people from Louisville mad and say Louisville. <laughs> just to be funny but we were we were there to see frank turner uh and yes. we i want to say we were there about five hours before the show started we were, we were there very, or very very early, early yeah and uh, so we went to against the grain
1: which is a brewery in it was kentucky, it was in, me and jesse louisville. and
0: uh, one of our friends becca we went up to to louisville kentucky and we spent some time at against green grain brewing and we still had like five hours before the show and so yeah. we're like we kind of joked to ourselves because we'd walk past a tattoo studio like let's get tattoos and then we're kind of like let's do it let's actually let's actually do it
1: and then and then i believe i said like oh i could totally get the positive and negative symbol from frank turner's most recent album
0: and i was like let's do it yeah (laughs) and so we found a tattoo studio that had an opening and we went and we got it and then we yeah. went to the concert, and right after the concert, we saw Frank turn outside. He was talking to some fans, because he's a good guy, the kind of guy who will do that and talk yeah, to his yeah. fans afterwards. That, that's another thing. We'll touch upon that in a in okay, second. Okay, sounds good. But we were talking to him, and we're like, Frank, guess what we did? He's like, oh, I don't know, mate. <laughs> and we're like, we got positive songs for negative people tattoos. And we showed him, he's like, no way, I've got the same one on me arm. And <laughs> and uh yeah. And uh, so... Uh, we were tattoo buddies, and yeah. we actually saw him the next day in another city. Yeah, and...
1: okay. So there was there was a show in in Louisville, and then there was also a show in Knoxville. So yeah. we live in Nashville, which is
0: right in between both, which is like
1: about just about two and a half hours away from both. Yeah. So what we did was we went to the Louisville one, then we went back to Nashville, and then we went to Knoxville the next day. And, and... so Frank Turner has a. Uh, a tour flag a tour flag yeah
0: that he actually doesn't have anything to do with it's all kind of fan driven and the fans will take it around from show to show and people are elected to carry it from one show to the next and pass it along Yeah. and somehow I was elected as a person to take yeah. it from Louisville to Knoxville Yep. and so when we took it from Louisville to Knoxville he, he always likes to, to give a shout out to the people who carry the flag well, around well what
1: happens is he usually gives a song request yeah. to the people who uh, who carry the flag and I totally and so, did that. So during the Knoxville show, he was like, and this goes out to the flag bearers, my tattoo buddies.
0: Yep, he remembered us. Yeah, he
1: remembered us from that show. Yeah. And he was like, to my tattoo buddies, and you requested Father's Day. Yes. Right,
0: yeah. Uh, and that Such was a good song. So
1: good. Very good.
0: Yeah. But going back to the fact that he talks to people after his shows. Yeah. The reason why I think this is massive yeah. is because in England, he has sold out Wembley yeah like Wembley Arena yeah like that's the places where like the Foo Fighters go to sell that's out like arenas that's like Foo Fighters that's yes. like Jack White sells that out his, that's like his tours in uh, the UK sell out as soon as they go on tour yeah yet in America he's playing like I don't know anywhere between two to six hundred yeah. capacity venues and he's still hanging around afterwards talking to every person who wants to talk to him
1: yeah so there were there were maybe like after the Louisville show there were maybe like 30-40 people out there? 30 or 40 people hanging out afterwards and he stayed and talked to everybody, and not was, just like
0: not just like the uh, hello, not just like
1: hey, how's it going? Bye, see you later. Genuine. He like, was like, he was hey, how me. you doing? And like we told him that, And he was like, oh my god, guys, like I've had the worst day, and that just made it totally better. Yeah. Or whatever. I think that might, totally, uh, might have
0: gone a little bit Australian. My British always goes off Australian. But I
1: think there were also a couple of curse
0: words that I left out there. No, oh, yeah. But, yeah, he, he, but, he likes to curse.
1: But the fact is, he was super personal with us. and He was He's like, genuine, yeah. Yeah, he was super the, the genuine. The fact that he was saying
0: he had a really crappy day.
1: Yeah, and he was like, guys, I've had a really kind of... Crappy day. Poopy day. Yeah. But that made, totally made it better.
0: And, and it's just anyone who cares about their fans that much, just to put in the time and... Be honest and like listen to your fans and talk yeah. to them with that like an open heart. That, and, that's so awesome.
1: And it wasn't just him; it was the rest of the band too. Like we talked to Matt Nazir ear after that too. Oh yeah. And uh, then we also saw because he commented and, on your beard. Yeah, true. Sure, he's like, he's like, nice no, beard, mate. Yeah. And I was like, thanks, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, I wish I had a nice beard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, anyway. All right. Before we sign off, let's give uh, a top three of this album. Okay. Here's my number one would be uh, "Silent Key." Oh wow, interesting. It's it's my favorite song. I I I, I have to be honest. Okay. All right. Uh, My number two would be "Get Better," and my third would be the opening act of "Spring." I think those are my three favorite. Okay.
1: Um, My number one is definitely "Get Better." Definitely that. Easy um, num- number two is "Glorious You," and number three is probably "Demons." Oh, oh wait, either that or "Outer Breath." Mm, either of them. Will Just because they're so they're they're both so good live. Yeah, agreed. But either way, get better. Okay. Is when we both recommend it. So if if you have not listened to it yet,
0: check that link out below. And also, it. because we want people to check out the rest of Frank Turner's music. Uh, how about three songs to recommend not on this album? Okay, yeah, In which yeah. I would choose Recovery, Okay, yeah. Recover, The Way yeah. I Tend to Be, Yeah, and Photosynthesis. Those would be my three recommendations.
1: And I would choose uh, Eulogy, mm-hmm. uh, Peggy Sang the Blues. Ooh,
0: I might have...
1: Oh, that's another yeah, one I might I recommend. I was, oh.
0: I was surprised you didn't choose that. In fact, actually, you know what? I'm going to pick that instead of The Way <laughs> I Tend to Be because that's actually probably might be my favorite Frank Turner song why didn't I think of that I don't know because you I've also got, recommended look at, that look at the wall <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got a, a picture of my wall that yeah. has some lyrics from Peggy Sang the Blues
1: and okay so if you're not going to choose um, the way I tend to be then I'll choose that <sighs> okay yeah because Even though it's a great song, song but so I like
0: Peggy Sang the Blues better and yeah also photosynthesis is so good yeah okay um, well like I said Frank Turner is a fantastic musician a great lyricist genuinely a really just, good guy. Yeah, just a really cool
1: dude. Yeah. Like just awesome.
0: And I think he's got a song that anybody can if, if you listen to all of his songs, there's going to be something that you'll enjoy.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I will make that gamble that there's a song for everybody.
1: Yeah, I would say I mean, I I would say so too.
0: Like he is If you don't like Frank Turner, you're a crazy person. You are a little bit messed up in the noggin, in the head. Well, you probably you might not like Frank Turner's music and you may not agree uh, with what he says all the time, but you gotta but, respect someone who's doing something with honesty, honesty and integrity because yeah. he's sticking true to his ideals. And and if you see him live, you'll change your mind altogether. Yeah. Even if you hate him. And in fact, we were at a concert recently, and there was some dude who was he was going crazy dancing along, and he wasn't really singing along. And afterwards, he's like, "I've never seen him, but he just made a fan out of me." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. man, he's
1: awesome." Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's I
0: mean case in point right yeah. there. But I'd say this concludes our very first episode of Bruise and Tunes. Yes. But before um, we do this, let's recommend our albums for next week. Yep, so what we're gonna do is uh we're gonna recommend each other albums to listen to next week. So um, I'll recommend Tunes. uh an album called Avalanche United by a band called I'm the Avalanche. So you will listen to that. Okay. And Oh yeah. And what should I listen to? Um you're going to listen to uh,
1: An album called Neon Bible by Arcade Fire. Huh.
0: Very good album. I'll have to check it out. Yes. But when we come back together, uh, we will have listened to each of our uh, respective albums a bunch of times. We'll familiarize ourselves with them. And we'll each come back with two new brews, and we will record another episode of Brews and Tunes. And with that, let's sign off with our uh, sign-off word, key phrase, key phrase. That was not it. All right, one, two, two. All right. See you guys. Peace.